This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Hello and welcome into New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, the three pillars of protection program. I'm Ben George. He's Ted Alatsis, attorney and counselor at law at Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. Ted. How are you today? Doing okay, Ben. Trying to get through the cold weather, but uh, hmm. it's winter, so to be expected. You got to hunker down for a few months, huh? Well, yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's why they make long coats and you know, uh, you know, stuff padded uh, parkas and gloves, and <laughs> thankfully we have that stuff, so we're good to go. Yeah, there's just something about the uh, the cold in the city. I know it's it's great this time of year. We're recording this around the holidays. It's always a beautiful time to to visit the city, but it just seems like the wind whips around pretty good where you are. Yeah, it sure, it sure does. And, you know, we're expecting some, some weather in the next few days. So, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll grin and bear it. We're New Yorkers. We're, we're tough. We'll get through it. <laughs> You're used to it. Well, yeah. we got a good show today. Um, kind of want to throw out some examples of some times where maybe you don't need to work with uh, the attorney that you're currently working with. Just some scenarios that maybe should raise some red flags for you because not all attorneys are created equal. Most are hopefully honest, hardworking, ethical people, but some might not, some might even know what the heck they're doing, believe it or not. But there are numerous situations where you, uh, the client, need to proceed with caution. So that's what we want to focus on today's episode. We're going to cover a few of these situations where you might just want to run for the door potentially. So should be a lot of fun. I'm going to present the scenario to you, Ted. And I want you to just kind of take us through some ways maybe a, a client can identify this as happening. And then also, you know, obviously why it's a uh, red flag and a bit of a problem for a client potentially. Okay. Great. All right. Let's uh, start off with this one. So you're working with an attorney and they make a recommendation and tell you what you need before even understanding your situation and what is important to your family. Yeah, that, that's typically a red flag. And that's one of those things where, you know, people, uh, you know, often kind of fall to the uh, pressure of just trying to get a price on, on what they're about to do. Um, you know, if you're, if your attorney just, diagnoses your problem right over the phone without really sitting down and having a conversation with you about what your needs are, what your overall goals are. That's probably a red flag. Um, that That's an attorney who's just looking to sell you a product. Um, whereas actually, as opposed to actually provide you with uh, good legal services. Yeah, there's multiple examples of this, right? I mean, especially, I guess, in the estate planning uh, world, you know, obviously there's multiple types of law, but in your world specifically, there's just so many kind of... Uh, platforms and software and online services that can just kind of take care of what you need before you even put any of the information in, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, DIY programs before, but, you know, a lot of times what, what happens is that a lot of attorneys, you know, think they can do estate planning and, you know, they, they buy a software product and they basically just, you know, are beholden to what the product, uh, the software product produces and they sell it. And for some people that that may work, uh, but they're not explaining, you know, the options to the client. They're not necessarily digging deep into, you know, the client's needs and, and, and wants. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, all they're really doing is, is buying a set of documents uh, that have been prepackaged with their name on it. And that isn't necessarily lawyering. That's that's more, you know, just selling. Um, and frankly, if that's what you're looking for, you can probably do that yourself. Um, you don't need to, you know, spend $5,000 on a trust plan for someone to just do that for you. When you can do it yourself, um, you know we we certainly recommend, and what we certainly do is we actually sit down and actually have a conversation and have have an analysis of what 
is is going on um, in in your estate and your plan and your with your family and try to meet those needs uh, because otherwise we're really not providing the service that you're you're paying for. Yeah, that's definitely seems like a, an obvious one that you want to make sure that your attorney is paying attention to what your wishes are before giving you any uh, kind of guidance or recommendation. So that's the first one uh, to, to put uh, on your radar. So next up, uh, your attorney tries to force you to appoint the attorney as your fiduciary, your executor, trustee, or power of attorney agent. Does this happen a lot? So I, I've seen it happen. Um, you know, we, we certainly uh, try to avoid that. You know, there are circumstances where a, a potential client does not have someone who can act in that capacity. Um, but in that rare circumstance, there's lots of disclosures that have to occur. Lots of information has to be provided to the client so they make a willing and knowing delegation to an attorney or a, an accountant or somebody like that. But, you know, you know when, when an attorney does that, it creates an inherent conflict of interest because the attorney is going to get compensated for, for serving as the fiduciary, um, in addition to serving as the as the attorney, um, and so you know the interests between the attorney and the client may not necessarily mesh. So um, you know when an attorney is pressuring you that to, to do that, especially if it's someone you you just met or you know met for the first time, you know in a consult, um, you know I, I I would I would be very leery of that. I would imagine there's maybe some horror stories out there if this if this <laughs> happens where attorneys can really take advantage of the situation. Yeah, sure. It, it happens all the time. And, you know, anyone who's read a, a local law journal, um, you know, will, will be able to, you know, identify situations where that's actually happened in the past, including, you know, attorneys who were family members of decedents. And, you know, they acted as a fiduciary where, you know, they, they ended up um, taking advantage of the estate. It's a it's a really uh, difficult decision to make, you know, when, when you're making a decision like appointing a fiduciary uh, in some circumstances, especially when you don't have someone really close that you could trust to do that. But when, you know, it's someone, you know, who, who, you know, knows the system and can manipulate the system has a, a, a means of understanding how to take advantage of the system, you have to be extra careful. But it could be a situation. There are situations where you might want your attorney to be the fiduciary. It's just if you get the feeling they're trying to force you into that action, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, we, we've done it and, um, you know, it, it, it's rare, um, yeah. But it's generally in circumstances where someone really doesn't have anyone close or doesn't have anyone, you know, that they can rely on to take care of certain things or has certain wishes that family members may not necessarily want uh, to take advantage of um, or, or, or follow through on. So, you know, in circumstances like that, it, it, it becomes, you know, something that uh, may be a necessity for that particular individual. Um, and so we've done it, but it's limited and, and we try to limit our, our practice in, in how often we do that. Okay. All right. So you might want to run away from your lawyer if the attorney claims to be an expert on everything related to law. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they call it the practice of law for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, each and every day the laws change in one form or another and things change with regards to, you know, areas of law. And there's, you know, there's a reason why, you know, there are, you know, so many case books that include cases that have gone to, to, to litigation and decision by judges. There's a reason for all that. And that's because, you know, the law does change. And so anyone who says they're an expert in anything, first of all, you know, displays an arrogance that is probably something that should be off-putting, number one. And uh, number two, doesn't doesn't actually, you know, review or, you know, stay current with what's going on uh, in, in the law. So, you know, any anyone who, who does that, you know, you, you probably should steer away from. 
Okay. Very, very good. I know that uh, I like that practice. It is a practice of law. Uh, I never really thought of it that way, but you know, it seems very simple and straightforward, but it makes a lot of sense that nothing's ever settled. You're always right. trying to learn and, and understand. All right. Last one here on, on our list. Uh, you might want to run away from your lawyer. If the attorney pressures you to let their office do your taxes, sell you insurance, annuities, and, and manage all of your investments. Yeah. I, so there are, you know, ethical rules against some of this stuff, but there are certainly, you know, law firms that are out there that, that do that. And they may have, um, you know, other, other professionals within their practice or within the same suite or something of that nature that, you know, perform other services for um, individuals. And, you know, they may want to try to, you know, gain a referral source by doing that. Um, you know, the, the, the most important thing to do in a scenario like that is, first of all, evaluate the individual services that they're offering, right? And are you getting a value for the services that they'd be potentially offering you? And, you know, making sure that there is that level of uh, scrutiny that you would get if you were, you know, uh, procuring those services independently. Um, you know, the accountant has certain rules uh, and regulations that he or she has to follow. Insurance agent, same thing. Um, you know, and you know, financial planners, etc. In our office, we, we don't do, you know, those ancillary services. And, and we recommend that individuals have their own uh, sources for that type of stuff. However, we do, you know, have um, uh, people that we can refer people to who, who have provided services in the past. We, we gain no, nothing from that. Um, it's people that have been recommended to us in the past from other clients who have expressed uh, um that a certain level of, and quality of work has been provided by that particular uh, service provider. But uh, I, I just, I, you know, certainly whenever you have that one shop, uh, one stop shop mentality, um, I, I would be just very leery of, of that, uh, that type of arrangement. Yeah. And, and to me, it makes sense that, you know, the reason why you'd work with an estate planning attorney is because they're an expert in one field, right? You want to find someone that, can really hone in on one specific area of law, um, especially in this case, like your estate plan. You you want to you want to really focus on that. So it's just a red flag again. None of these mean you have to run away from your lawyer, but some things to be thinking about if uh, any of these sound familiar to you, or maybe you've been in this situation before with your attorney. It's maybe worth maybe getting a second opinion. And I guess to Ted to kind of wrap this conversation up, if anybody is in a situation where maybe they feel uncomfortable or think, well, is this do all attorneys follow the same kind of practice or process, it's okay to go meet with another attorney and just kind of get their thoughts and present your situation, right? Yeah, of course. A a absolutely. I mean, you're, ultimately, you're, you're the client and you, you have that right to go around and, and speak with other, other uh, professionals, get uh, professional opinions from second and third sources, you know, um, perfectly acceptable. And, you know, we, we don't uh, discourage people from doing that. All right. Very good. Well, again, if you have questions for Ted or want to follow up with him, want to get a second opinion, you can always go to latsislawfirm.com. That is the website. And you can always call 718-233-2903. But just some things to think about uh, when you're working with your attorney. And if anything ever comes up with you, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to someone else just to get a second opinion. And Ted's always there for that. But if you want to get your estate plan started, best place to do so is by going to alatsislawfirm.com. All right, Ted, as always, great to catch up with you. Thanks for your insight today, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, Ben. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program for Ted Alatsis at the Alatsis Law Firm. I am Ben George. Take care.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.